Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. are grateful tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, that you ordered our steps to be here tonight. What a privilege it is to serve you. Father, we will always have that heart, a desire to serve you. Let a fire that is in us never quench. May we always burn for love for you, Lord. We are grateful tonight. We ask, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to teach us, to minister to us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord. Somebody was trying to clap for Jesus. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. He's the king of kings. And when you are clapping for the king of kings, you have to clap well. Clap well. Clap properly. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, we want to continue with our message Continue in the faith. We've been sharing about continuing in the faith. Let us read our foundational scripture from Acts chapter 14 and verse 21. Acts chapter 14 and verse 21. We're going to share for a short time. And Acts 14 and verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. This is Paul and Barnabas, missionaries, who went about various cities preaching the word of God. And after they had gone through some few cities, they found the need to go back to these cities. There were people in these cities who had given their lives to Christ, people who have received salvation, and there were several other cities they could have gone to to preach. There were several other souls who were not saved. 
But they came back to these very cities. After the people have received salvation, they came back. And when they came back, their message was very simple. They came to confirm the souls of the disciples to ensure that they are still in the faith, to ensure that they are conscious of salvation. They came to confirm the souls of the disciples and then they exhorted them. They encouraged them to continue in the faith. To continue in the faith. Now this was very important. It means that you can receive salvation and not continue in the faith. Amen. If these disciples, if these apostles found it necessary, these evangelists found it necessary to come back to exhort the people to continue in the faith, then it means there's always a tendency after you have received salvation not to continue in the faith. Hallelujah. And last week we were sharing that when you begin something, you will not receive a reward for just beginning. I'm not sure of any course or anyone who has gone to school and they have given you a degree or even a certificate or any paper to say that you also, you began something. They don't give you anything to, to tell you that you also were here, you began something. Amen. You will be rewarded only when you finish. Amen. You may take a lot of credits. You may go to school for many years. If you don't finish, they won't give you a degree. You may be left with one semester to finish. You may be left with one examination to finish. If you don't finish that examination, they cannot reward you with a certificate. Hallelujah. So there is no reward in beginning anything that you began and so they should reward you. And so is your faith. So is salvation. Hallelujah. There is no reward if you do not finish what you begin. There is no reward in giving your life to Christ and then coming to church for several years and then you get tired and then you fall off. There is no reward. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 13, he says that, but he that shall endure, endure to the end. Endure to the middle. Endure to the end. Those are the only ones who will be saved. If you endure to the end. Now to talk about enduring means that there is much tribulation. There is much difficulty that you may have to go through. And Paul said this is one of the reasons why they came back to Antioch, to Iconium, and to Lystra to exhort them to continue in the faith and to remind them that we must enter into the kingdom of God through not few tribulation, not small tribulation, but through much tribulation. Amen. Amen. So if you are not experiencing any tribulation in your process, entering into the kingdom of God, then expect that there will be tribulation. And if you are experiencing tribulation, if you are having any difficulty in your work with God, if you are having challenges in your work with God, 
understand that it is normal and it is expected. It is expected that you serve God with tiredness. It is expected that you serve God with sleepiness. It is expected that as you are serving God, there will be periods or times where you have needs that you cannot meet. It's not always because you have given your life to Christ that the journey is going to be very smooth. Amen. If you want to go higher with God, expect that there will be tribulations. When the angels of God came to save Lot and his family, as they were, they were escorting them from Sodom, as they escorted them from Sodom, Lot was running with his family. They were going because the brimstone was coming. There was fire coming to burn Sodom. And as they were going, I believe he was tired. And he, asked, he told the angels, let us just go to the plains here. Let us just make our tents and live here. But the angel told them to go higher up the hills, the mountains. Difficulty in salvation. Amen. And if you don't go higher, if you don't make that journey, as Paul, as um, Lot would decide to pitch his tent near Sodom, if you were to pitch your tent near Sodom because that is where the plains are and that is where it is easy, you will not survive. You will not survive. Amen. Your heart will be vexed. Hallelujah. And so we, we, are, we are learning that the apostles came to these places to exhort them to continue in the faith. And we are learning some of the things that we ought to continue in the faith or we ought to continue in so that we will remain in the faith. Hallelujah. And I think we began sharing, or we have shared few of those things that we ought to continue in. Hallelujah. First, we said we continue in the word of God. Amen. We will continue in the word of God. Never be tired of hearing the word of God. Never be tired. Amen. How many of you are tired of hearing preaching? You say you are tired enough. You say, God, if you will come, come. We are tired of hearing the preaching. Amen. You see, but continue in the word. Continue in the word. Hallelujah. And last week we began sharing about the second thing that we ought to continue in. We said, continue in the love of God. To continue in the love of God. Hallelujah. And we learned that God loves us so much. That God loves us abundantly. God loves us even beyond what we understand or what we think. Hallelujah. Now we shared also that a lot of times we limit the love of God towards us because we compare the love of God to the love of man. Amen. We, 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 we look at God loving us as man will love us. 
But we learn that the love of God for us is nothing compared to the love of man. Hallelujah. We look, we saw in a scripture, we saw a scripture in Luke 15. We read a scripture in Luke 15, how we see the love of God as compared to the love of man. Amen. The love of man is experienced or is felt or is demonstrated when you are proper with man. When you are relating well with man. The love of God, the love of man, you will feel it or he will shower it towards you when you are good to him. When you are a son that is compliant with the rules of the house, you will experience the love of man. The prodigal son was experiencing his brother's love. There was no problem in their house as long as he was also in the house doing the field work with his brother, helping his brother, doing, running errands for his brother. As long as he was doing that, he was experiencing love. Hallelujah. And when the time came for him to come back, it was that type of love that he had experienced. That is what he was expecting. Amen. He was expecting the love of man. That the way I have behaved, I am not qualified even to be in the house. I don't know, I do not fit to be a son again. I don't qualify to be called a brother. I don't qualify to experience the same privileges as I used to. And it's because of his experience from the love of man. Amen. But the father's love was so welcoming. Even as he was coming with this rehearsal to come and rehearse to the father and to tell him that I do not qualify, the father was looking out to meet him. It means that the father had an expectation every day and hungered because he said, this your brother was lost and is found. Now something that is lost means I have been looking for it and I couldn't find it. So the father was looking out for this young man. Though he felt he did not even qualify to be called a son. Hallelujah. And it is because of the love of man that we know. But God loves you so much. Hallelujah. Now we said there is a second part to the love of God. And that involves you loving God. Hallelujah. That you also love God. Amen. Amen. That we also love God. Hallelujah. If you don't love God, you cannot continue in the faith. Amen. If you do not love God, you cannot continue in the faith. You will not last long in the faith. Amen. Amen. If you don't love God, it becomes difficult for you to do anything for God. If you do not love God. You see, for most people, in the beginning of doing things for God, you do them out of excitement. Do you understand? You do things for God out of excitement. People join the choir sometimes out of excitement. They see how the people are singing and dancing and it's so nice. Do you understand? They feel that when I wear my nice dress, I also want to stand in front of the church and sing. 
and it's so nice, but it involves other things. Amen. It is not just by the excitement. Look, if you are doing anything out of excitement, you will not last. Because all the things that we do for God involves the people. All the things we do for God involves the people. And if you are doing things for God out of excitement, you just need one encounter with the people and you, the excitement will be killed. They will kill the excitement. <laughs> do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you are doing something and it's the, because of excitement, just have one encounter with the people that you are excited to sing. You are excited to stand before the congregation and sing. You just lift up your voice one time and you look at the faces of the people. You will not sing again. You will not sing again. Amen. But if you are singing and your mind is unto the most high God. Oh. Look, that is why when you are singing and you are having trouble, just lift up your eyes onto the hills where your help will come from. Don't look at the faces of the people. Do not look at the faces of the people. Amen. Do not look at the faces of the people. They will kill your excitement. They will kill your excitement. They will look at you and they will, you can see in their face that they are asking you, what are you doing? What are you doing? They were telling you, sister, end the song and be free. But the Most High God, He sees that the voice is not coming, but He's happy. He's happy with you. He's enjoying it. He said, come on, bring it on, sing it. Because you see, He's not, he's not, he doesn't look at the outward. He's not looking at the voice that is coming out. But he has his binoculars. He has his binoculars looking in your heart. Focusing in your heart. That in your heart you were rehearsing in the bathroom. And you had a heart to sing to please the Lord. But when you came before the people, the voice, something happened to the voice. But God knows that in your heart you really are trying. You are singing to glorify him. And he's happy. He's happy. God loves you more than you think. More than you know. The little effort that you make, it pleases God. You see, because you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. You are a child of God. Amen. Amen. You know, when your little baby makes a certain sentence, you see, when they construct certain sentence, <laughs> even they say, Dada, Dada is gone. Dada. You are excited. You are excited. Wow. The baby can say something like this. You see, if I say it, it will not excite you. Do you understand? It will not excite you. But when your baby, when your baby, if you, you see, you see, you, if you see me walking, you see me walking like this, does it excite you? Michael, are you excited to see that, oh, he can walk briskly? Does it excite you? 
but when you see the baby standing up and then just making steps and the baby is about to fall baby is about to fall and you are you, you even catch the baby it's falling and you catch the baby and then you start clapping for the baby he's making effort that is how God sees us that is how God sees us the Bible says he knows your frame he knows your frame he knows your frame he loves you very much he loves you very much amen he loves you you see let not the love of man let not the love of man blind us to the love of God hallelujah that's not them when you are praying and you fall asleep God is happy you fall asleep you are trying you are trying sometimes you are praying your eyes are very heavy you are very tired amen tonight coming here was not easy some of you are very tired amen do you understand but God knows that you are trying God sees that you are trying amen he sees that you are trying amen. sometimes you are praying and then you are sitting down and then you are praying then you are praying and then as you are praying you're shaking your head to keep yourself awake and then and then, and then you stop you are asleep you are asleep and then somebody comes by and then just, and then you start you start long and God you see, what do you I mean God is looking at you he says you are trying amen it is mine amen you are trying Jesus took people for a prayer meeting and they fell asleep and he came he says sleep on get your rest get your rest you are trying even you came with me you are trying amen am I preaching to someone tonight God gets excited with the small effort that you make hallelujah amen but God wants you to return the love God wants you to return the love amen when God is showering his love for you, he wants you to return the love. Amen. He wants you to respond. He wants you to show that you appreciate the love. He wants you to return the love that is showering towards you. Amen. When you are playing with your little baby, when you are playing with your little child and you are looking at a child and you are playing, you are loving your child and you are playing and you are singing, sometimes you are making funny faces to the child. What do you want the child to do? You want the child to smile back to you. You want the child to smile back. And when you are going on and on and the child is not smiling, you say, what kind of child is this? You want that? What kind of child is this? You are pulling the cheek, trying to let him smile, smile, tickling him. Smile, smile, love me back. Give me back some love. You are a child of God. And God expects that you also will show him that love as he's loving you. He expects that you show him that love as he's loving you. Amen. Yes. 
So God expects that we also will love him. Amen. And not do things for him because we are excited. Hallelujah. Because what will make you do the same thing over and over and over again, do the same thing for a long time, is out of love. It's out of love that you do the same thing, continue to sing to the Lord all the time. Come, even when you are tired, you are singing. When you are tired, do you want to sing? Do you want to dance? You don't. But let it not be to show people that you are singing and you are also dancing, but let it be out of love for God. Amen. Amen. Because if it is not that, and it is to show people, you will stop at some point. You cannot continue if you do not love God. What will make you continue to dance to the Lord in your tiredness through the tribulation? When the, when the banks are calling you and say you owe and you have to pay and you still come and sing and dance, it must be the love of God. If you don't love God, you cannot continue on. If you don't love God, you can continue to preach about the same God, preaching about him every week, two times, three times a week, preaching about the same thing. If you don't love God, you can't continue. You will not continue. Say the same things about him. This one God alone saying this. You, if you have to love God, you must love God. Amen. And if you don't love God, you don't want to hear preaching also. If you don't love God, you get tired. You get tired of the message. You get tired of preaching. Amen. Amen. David said in Psalm 109 and verse 2, verse 102, Psalm 109, verse 102, he said, Psalm 109, you don't have, 119, verse 102. Psalm 119 and verse 102. 119, verse 102, he says, I have not departed from thy judgments. I have not left your word. I have not departed from your judgment. Why? He said, I have not left your word. I have not departed from your judgment. For thou hast taught me. And verse 103, he says the reason. He says, how sweet, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. They are sweet to my taste. He said, yea, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Amen. This is someone who loves God. And that your words are, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Amen. That I enjoy hearing the preaching. You must love God to be able to say that you enjoy reading the scriptures. And when you love God, the scriptures excite you. When we are reading the scriptures, they excite you. Amen. You love them. Hallelujah. But let it not be the excitement of the people. Amen. They will kill your excitement. Hallelujah. I say they will kill your excitement. Amen. People who do not do anything for God are usually not committed in their love for God. They are usually not committed in their love for God. And they don't usually continue in the faith. They don't usually continue in the faith. They are not, they are not excited about 
the things of God. They, are, they don't have love for the things of God. They don't do anything for God. And usually those people do not continue in the faith. Hallelujah. How can you say you love someone and you don't do anything for him? You say, I love you, but I don't do anything for you. It's not possible. That I just say I love you. That is all. Hallelujah. You see, God was willing to give us his only son to die for us. Not for any other reason. You see, when you love, you do something for the person. You cannot say, I love you, and I don't do anything for you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? God was willing and was ready to give us his only son, not for any other reason. But that, look at John John 3 and verse 16. He says, for he loved the world. He says, for God so loved the world. This is the only reason. This is the only reason. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son. God, out of love. It is out of love. Not for any other reason. When you have love for someone, you do something for the person. When you have love for someone, you do something for the person. So he says, he gave his only begotten son. This is how God has shown his love. The rest is up to you. Amen. He expects you to show back your love to him. He says, he gave his only begotten son, and now he's waiting. He's waiting for whosoever, whosoever, whosoever will believe in him. He's waiting. So it's like playing a tennis ball, playing tennis. And God has played the ball. You play the ball. God has played the ball into your court. And the ball is in your court. God is ready to play the game with you. He's ready to open other doors into your life. He's ready to show you other things. He's ready to bless you abundantly. He's ready to do great things. In, but the game is not continuing. The ball is in your court. And you are just bouncing the ball. It is there. God is waiting for you to play back the ball to him. Play back the ball. He expects that you also will bring back the love. So whosoever believeth in him should not perish. If only you will play back the ball, the, what he has given you, if you receive it and play back the game, you will not perish. But you will have everlasting life. God expects that we will also show our love. He has shown us his love. If we love God, we do something for him. If you love someone, you will do something for the person. Hallelujah. This is how God showed us his love. Amen. God showed us his love by giving, by by. His, he, this is how he demonstrated his love for us. He just did not say that I love the world. He just did not say I love the world. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. If we love God, we will do something for God. You cannot say I love you and I don't do anything for you. Hallelujah. Romans 5 and verse 8. Look at that. It says, this is how God demonstrated his love. But God commanded his love towards us in that 
This is how. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Give us the amplified version in this scripture. Look at that. It says, but God shows and clearly proves his own love. You know, you, can't, you have to prove your love. You have to show your love. You can't say, I love you. Just, I love you. He said, but God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, died for us. God, this is how God showed his love. This is how God proved his love. Amen. So you, if you say you love God, you have to prove your love. Show your love. Amen. When you love someone, you are willing to give. To give all of yourself. When you love someone. That is why Jesus was confident in saying, he said, greater love had no man than this. He says, there's no greater, he can say it with confidence. Say, greater love had no man than this, that a man would die for his friends. There's no greater, you can say that. Show your love. Tell your neighbor, show your love. Amen. Where's our chief? We sing and we say, we sing and we say, we sing and we, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice, my voice, my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice. And then listen, take joy, my king, in what you are hearing. In what, be happy with what I'm saying. Take joy in what you are hearing. Let it be sweet. I'm just saying, I love you. I am just saying, I love you. It's in my words. Take joy, my king. Be happy, Lord, in what you are hearing. Enough. That's my love. He is sweet. a good song. It's a good song. But you cannot show your love for God by just singing this song. Anyone can do this. Anyone can sing this. Anyone. Even the children, the safe children, the, the babies, if you teach them, they can sing this song. You see, that is why anyone can say, I love you, but not everyone can marry you. Anyone? Because it's cheap. Anyone can say, I love you. But not everyone can marry you. Because staying in marriage involves giving and taking. Staying in marriage involves giving yourself. It involves sacrifices. It involves real show of love. That is how you stay in marriage. That is how you stay in marriage. Amen. It's not what you are saying. 
It's not what I, I, I'm saying. Look at my lips. Listen to me. I am saying I love you. Anyone can say that. Anyone can say I love you. But it's not everyone that can stay in a marriage. Because that involves showing. That involves showing. That involves enduring. That involves giving. Sometimes of yourself. Oftentimes. Of yourself. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? When you love someone, you do something for the person. When you love someone, you do everything to keep the person. When you love someone, you do everything to keep the person. Though some people are evil. You know, you cannot keep them, no matter what you do. You can't keep them. <laughs> some people, they are, they are just evil. No matter what you do, you can't keep them. Amen. But when you love someone, nothing is too difficult for you concerning that person. Nothing is, nothing is overwhelming for you. There's no such thing like, I'm too tired. When you love someone, there's no such thing like, I, I'm too sleepy. When you love someone, there's no such thing like, not today. If their love is there, Look at the scripture in Genesis 29. Genesis chapter 29. Verse 13. Let's go to verse 13. Look at this. It says, When Laban heard of Jacob, when Laban heard of the arrival of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced and kissed him and brought him to his house. And Jacob told Laban all these things. Verse 14, then Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And Jacob stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, just because you are my relative, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what shall your wages be? So Jacob, this is Jacob's uncle. Jacob, of course, you know what he did. He ran away. His mother sent him to his uncle, Laban. And he lived in Laban's house and he had worked with him this one month now. And Laban comes to him and says, I don't think just because you are my nephew, there are servants or there are people here who work for me and I pay them. And the fact that you are my nephew doesn't mean that you should just work for me for free. But I have to pay you. So tell me what your wages shall be. And verse 16, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. When you love someone, nothing is difficult for you. When you love someone, no journey is too far for you. So he said, verse, verse, he said, so Leah's eyes were weak and dull looking. That is why your eyes should not be weak and dull looking. Do you know what is weak and dull eyes? Eyes that are not twinkling. They are not twinkling. You are dull. You see, you will not get married when your eyes are like that. <laughs> Young woman, you your eyes should be bright all the time. Let there be some light in your eyes. This face is not helping. 
this dull eyes, it turns people away. They are afraid to talk to you. It says, Leah's eyes were weak and dull, but Rachel's, Rachel was beautiful and attractive. And Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will work for you for seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Look at that. You see, the man that wants to marry you and they have asked him to come and do this and do that and he says, oh, it's too much. Uh, he's not, he doesn't love you. He said, Jacob loved Rachel. They didn't tell him to work for seven years. So all you young women, the man says he loves you, let them work for seven years. If you want one of these, my precious daughters, you work in the church for seven years before I give you one. You just came in a church, you don't do anything, you are not sweeping the church, you are not arranging chairs, you are not doing things, and then you want one of my daughters. Oh, you're lucky, pa. Oh, you're lucky. Just two weeks, you want a wife. <laughs> you have been around for two weeks, you want a wife. <laughs> Seven years. Love. Love. <laughs> he says, and Jacob loved Rachel. So he offered. Look, they didn't ask him. He offered. He says, I worked for seven years. For... Amen. Seven years. Seven years too is not like the beloved type that, you know. No, 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 no. Not that type. Seven years, you can only look. <laughs> look, the Bible. Look, the man saw. Look. Go to the previous. Go to the previous verse. He says that Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful and attractive. That means that Jacob was checking Rachel out every day, looking. The other, the other versions, they say Rachel had form. You understand when they say the woman has a form? Look at, look at the King James version. Look at the King James version. No, look at the maybe new NIV or something. <laughs> Give me one that says he has your form. <laughs> look, 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 look. It says, it says, Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form. That means Rachel had a form. Do you understand what they say? She had a form. And beautiful. What this is the NIV. What does the NLT say? Lovely figure. Look at that. It says that, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Seven years watching beautiful figure, and you, you are there. You say, I can't contain myself. I can't hold myself. I cannot. Be. You say, when I see you, there's something is doing me. I can't. Seven years, the man is just watching patiently. Only can look. Only eyes. Four. I mean, the woman had four. <laughs> look at that. It says, 
but Rachel was stunningly beautiful. Stunningly beautiful. Amen. <laughs> Leah, <laughs> Leah had nice eyes. The message version is very nice. It's very kind to Leah. Amen. Do you understand? Okay, let's go back to our scripture. And then as we are reading. It says, Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years. Give us the amplified. I think the amplified is nice. He says, I will, you see, because I will work for thee seven years. I will work for you seven years. All the women who are married, the demand didn't work for seven years. You need to take some things from the man. They have to pay seven years. For Rachel, your younger daughter. Verse 19. Verse 19. Please, let's, let's read our scripture. Our time is up. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than to another man. Stay and live with me. And Jacob served seven years. Look, the thing is not in the mouth. He's not saying. The man is not just talking. He was willing. I said, when there is love, you do, you show. When you really love a person. He said, Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed to him but a few days. Because of the love he had for her. Wow. 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 Ellen, because of love. When you love God, you are in the church for hours, but it seemed to you it's like 15 minutes. When you love God, the message, oh, we, we just, when the message is ended, you go, oh. <laughs> when you love God. He says, it seemed to, he says he worked for seven years, but it seemed to him like it's a few days. Why? Why? Because of the love he had for her. Because of the love he had for her. Verse 20, verse 21. Finally, Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. For my time is completed. The man has a right. Give me my wife. My time is completed. Seven years is over. Give me my wife, for the time is completed, so that I may take her to me. (laughs) And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast with drinking. But when night came, he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, who had intercourse with her. That's why you don't marry in the dark. (laughs) Do not marry in a... Don't pick up don't pick up a wife in the disco. Don't pick up a wife because you went to the party in the club. We met in the club. Amen. That means spiritually also, don't pick up, yeah, don't pick up a wife online. People have picked relations online and it draws you away from God. Look, when a woman wants you, 
he will pose as a Christian. When a woman wants you, or when a man wants you, he will pose as Leah. And you will think Leah is Rachel. They are all demons. <laughs> By the time you realize, you are having intercourse with Leah. Are you listening? Intercourse with Leah. Internet. Internet relationships. And Laban gave Zilpah his maid to his daughter Leah to be her maid. But in the morning, Jacob saw his wife. And behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Did I not work for you all those seven years for Rachel? Why then have you deceived and cheated and thrown me down like this? Whatever a man soweth, that shall you also reap. Jacob is known to be a tricky man. So, look, God will bless you, but judgment you will receive. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Laban said, it is not permitted in our country to give the younger in marriage before the elder. Finish the wedding feast. Finish the wedding feast week for Leah. Then we will give you Rachel also. And you shall work for me yet seven more years in return. You want Rachel? Is it Rachel that you really want? You will get Rachel. You work for me seven more years in return. So Jacob complied. The man was willing. He said, let's sign agreement. And fulfilled Leah's week. Then Laban gave him Rachel, his daughter, as his wife. And Laban gave Bilhah, his maid, to Rachel, his daughter, to be a maid. And Jacob lived with Rachel also as his wife. And he loved Rachel more than Leah. And served Laban another seven years for her. Fourteen years. Will you do that for a wife? Will you do that for a wife? Two hours, you are sitting in the house of God. You are looking at your time. You say, I love God. I love you. If you love, if you are in love and you love someone, he says, seven years, it seems like a few days to you. Seven years. Amen. Is someone listening to me? Someone, some, some of you, when you were in love, you could talk to your beloved for hours on the phone. And your phone, you, as you realize, the battery is almost dying. And then you go to the wall and connect the phone, and you stay there and you are talking. And you are still chatting. And you talk for hours, but it seemed to you, because when he says, oh, I have to go to sleep, he says, oh, just now. But you have been talking for hours, and it seemed to you like 15 minutes. He said, but you just called me and you are hanging up. That is when you are in love. That is when you are in love. But when you are not in love. You don't even want to talk. Am I preaching to someone? So you say you love God, but you can't even wait for the service to be over. 
Some of you can't even wait for the service to be over. But you say you love God. But there are some others also. When the meeting is over, they don't even want to go home. Sometimes you have to sack them. They don't want to go home. Sometimes you say, go home, go home. And you see, these are the people who are always here. They are always, you see, it is love for God. When you love a thing or you love someone, you always want to be around the person. You abide in the house of God. You don't want to go anywhere. These are the people who don't want to go home when the service is over. And they are the same people who are always, you just call the service, they are here. You just open the doors, they are here. Every service, they are here. And they don't want to go. It is love for God. That is love. And these are the same people who do things for God. I am telling you something. These are the same people who do things for God. You can't continue in the faith if you do not love God. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? If you love God, you will wait on him. Hallelujah. You can't even wait for the next service. You are happy when they say we are going to have a service or we are going to have a meeting. Amen. If you love God, you are happy. When they say there's a convention coming, you are excited. When they say there's a camp, you are excited. If you love God. But if you don't love God, it is too much task. Again, that is what you say. Again, if you don't love God. And you cannot continue, you will not last long. You will not last long. If you love God, the service seems too short for you. It seems too short for you. Hallelujah. Now listen, not that you don't have anything to do. Not that you don't have anything to do. You have things to do, but out of love, because of the love you have for God. Jacob could have worked for money, but he, he, he could have worked as a young man to earn money for himself. But he was willing to spend these years for the love of his heart. Not that you don't have anything to do. Is it because you don't have anything to do? Is that why when we close the church, you don't want to go home? Yes. You see, you are staying on the phone talking to your beloved for hours. Not that you don't have anything to do. Not that you have exams coming up. You have papers that are due. Not that you don't have anything to do, but out of the love, you don't even think of these things. It is when you don't love God that you are always conscious of. Uh, That's why I don't take those excuses from people. Oh, Reverend, it is because of my work and my school and this combined that I'm not able to do this. I mean, there are some people that genuinely, genuinely, and those people, they have a willingness, a desire. They are working towards it. Working that it will make a a change and availability for them to be in the house of God. They are hungry. They, 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 they cannot sit still that Sunday and I'm at work. They are irritated. Someone came to me and said, Reverend, can I have a letter for my job so that my boss will release me so that I can come to church on Sunday? That is a person who has a heart for God. A heart for God. But another person will come and say, oh, Reverend, you know my schedule is changed. That is why, you know, <laughs> these days, I'm not, you don't see me these days. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. 
You have a heart, a, 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 a hunger, a burn. Amen. The king saw in Nehemiah's face. He says, he says your countenance, your countenance look fallen. This dog. He said, why shouldn't be? You see, they should see in your countenance at work. On Sunday that they have compelled you to work. That, why is your countenance like that? He says, I'm not happy when I'm working on Sunday, you know, and I'm supposed to be in church. See, their boss is troubling. That's why the king was signing decrees and signing letters for Nehemiah to go and build. Go, go, go to church. Go, go, go. I want, I want a happy servant. I want a happy worker. Amen. I want a happy worker. Hallelujah. I'm telling you something. Amen. I'm telling you something. Some of you, you just need to hear that we're having a service. You are here. But there are others. Every service, we have to call you. We have to beg you. We have to dance for you. We have to sing. We have to do all kinds of things. Every, and then you come one. And then we have to dance again, beg, dance, sing, jump, and then we come again. You don't love God. You don't love God. You don't love God. Amen. You don't love God. I'm telling you a good reason. It's because you don't love God. That is why. I say you don't love God. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me here this evening? Some of you have ease relating to your beloveds. You can travel from New York to Virginia and go and spend two hours with your beloved and come back. And come back. And the toes don't matter to you. The gas doesn't matter to you. The time doesn't matter to you. Your paper that is due on Monday, it doesn't matter to you. Your examination doesn't matter to you. Nothing matters. You can even get a ticket and you, your, your beloved will not even hear about it. One here this afternoon. Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday, but you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us. Even whilst we were still sinners, Lord, you sacrificed. You laid down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. 
Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.